So good. So good. Hey, if you got a Bible, uh, I want you to bust out the Bible, okay? If you got your phone, take out your phone, that's okay. I want you to go to Luke chapter 15. Uh, we're finishing a series that we've been doing called Father. Uh, we've been looking at these three stories that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. Uh, today we're going to kind of wrap things up. If you haven't heard the first two, I highly suggest to get the podcast, listen to the podcast. And, um, and for you that know me real well, you know I don't self-promote. I just, um, I just despise that. Um, but I know that what God spoke to my heart in the last couple of weeks have been so rich and they've been so good. Uh, so please go back if you haven't heard the messages and listen to them. They're so good. Having an understanding of who God is as our Father. And uh, for a lot of us, we have very mixed views and understandings of how we see our relationship with God as a Father. I think a lot of times we see God as, you know, He's God and He's big and, you know, He'd be scary. And if I mess up, He's going to strike me down or He's going to be mad at me or frustrated or He's not going to help me get this promotion at my job. So I'm trying trying to work hard to stay in his graces, and these are just lies from the pit of hell. And so we got to have great understanding of who God the Father true, truly is. But today, uh, if you're taking notes, uh, my message is entitled Distractions, Distractions. And so um, got some pictures this morning uh, I want to go through uh, talking about distracted. How many of you know that we're distracted people in 2018? I mean, we are some distracted people. And so I was looking at the other day, I was just looking at YouTube, you know, just the cover page. And, you know, I just started looking at, you know, you can find a video about anything. Now, when you're doing home improvement, can we just give it up for YouTube? Isn't it just, I mean, thank God for YouTube and home improvement. But, I mean, you can find videos about toys. You can, I, mean, I mean, how many people out there making videos right now? Okay, I mean, literally everybody in the world's like, I have something to say, and the world wants to hear me. And you should watch me, you know, subscribe to me. And so, you know, we got gardening topics. We got toys. Go to the next page. The next picture, I mean, we got DYI. Thank God for some Bethel in there, Jesus' name, okay? We got fashion topics, you know what I mean? We got, you know, you can go to Amazon and get a $1,500, you know, return reward. Go to the next one, you know? And then we have trending topics, you know, we're, we're going to go McDonald's versus Korean food, you know what I mean? We got basketball trick shots, got to know what Dude Perfect's doing, you know? And so that's just, and that's just one thing. That's just, that's just YouTube. All right, go to the next picture. Then we go to Instagram, you know, and thank God for Instagram because, you know, if we didn't have Instagram, we wouldn't know uh, that Dave and Hannah are on vacation this weekend and they're at, you know, Great America and they're riding the bull. Go to the next picture. And then, you know, and then we got breaking news. Can we just give it up for the kingdom of God, everybody? I mean, ser listen, listen, okay? Listen. You know... We're close to seeing Jesus return when you see evil rise up like that, okay? We are so close to the coming back of Jesus when we see that the enemy will go to any lengths to keep out men of God that are going to push the agenda of heaven forward. I just got a report uh, from Drew Keller. Uh, we were talking about this topic. Obviously, Kavanaugh just got in. And, um, you know, there was a prophecy that was prophesied back in 2014 that said that one of the Supreme Court justices would die and two of them would step down. We've already seen one die. We've already seen one step down. We're going to see another step down. Trump is going to put another Supreme Court justice in. And you know what that means? That we are going to have the opportunity to see rotted about what God, see, the enemy always wants us to focus on what isn't happening in the earth. But God's going, no, I'm still God. I still am in control. I'm still working. But, you know, we got things like this distracting our society, distracting our lives. And then, you know, go to the next picture. And obviously, we got to look at our news feed on Instagram. And, you know, obviously, Bell scored six goals this weekend and won two games. How great is that, you know? And so we got YouTube, we got Instagram, and then we got what's next after that. You know, oh, Netflix, come on, you know? I mean, I mean, listen to this. Look, the 90s, we get to look, learn about the 90s, go to the next page, you know, uh, because I watch Stranger Things, come on, anybody a Stranger Things fan in the house? 
Listen, I'm dying a thousand deaths right now. It was supposed to come out in the fall, but they pushed it to the summer, and I'm so mad. But I will have Stranger Things parties in the summer. We will watch it, go to the next page. And, and then, oh my gosh, how many of you grew up with a never-ending story? I mean, I mean, come on now. You know what I mean? So we got Netflix going on, go to the next picture. And then and how about Amazon? We got to go to Amazon. We got to get an Echo Dot. You know, obviously that's something that my life needs now. I need to be able to talk to Alexis or whoever in my house because, you know, how many of you remember like when you would call a number to get the time and temp? How many remember that? Okay. Well, now I got to ask Alexis what time it is. I'm too lazy to look at my watch on my wrist, you know? So go to the next picture. And then, you know, obviously we have to have our Kroger shopping cart because obviously you are way too lazy to actually go to a store anymore. So we have to put stuff online and then actually drive up and spend 10 bucks. 10 bucks? No way, man. I just, I, I, no way do I got 10 bucks for somebody else to shop for me, okay? I will literally go do it myself. You know, and then the next page, and, you know, obviously we got to find out about the new iPhone because, you know, obviously our our iPhone from a year and a half ago is no longer any good. We need to throw it in a lake. You know what I mean? We got to get rid of it because we got to get a brand new phone. And then we go to the next picture. And obviously you all want to know about my Chicago Bears and I mean how dominant they are. Listen, God's grace is so, so amazing. I mean, listen, 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 the Bengals... Listen, the Bengals are like the stepchild of God, but the bears are God. The bears are God's true child. The bears are like Israel, okay? All right? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. We're distracted. We're distracted people. I mean, this is just a small snippet of all the things that are trying and grabbing our attention on a daily, weekly basis. I mean, I'd even throw up Facebook, okay? I literally think Facebook is from hell, okay? I mean, I mean, seriously, there's just all the Facebook fights and the Twitter fights, and I mean, just, we're distracted people. And I think the enemy loves that we're distracted people. I hear people saying this all the time. I find it harder and harder to focus. Anybody else feel that way? Like it's just becoming harder and harder to just like sit down and truly focus. The enemy loves this because he loves when Jesus followers, believers in the body are distracted, it means this, that we lose focus of why am I on planet earth? You know? I think so many of us just believe that we're like on planet earth, that like we just get up and we go to work and, you know, I do laundry and I feed my kids and I get another paycheck and I pay bills, you know, and, and, and these are all good things. But I believe that the enemy goes, I have no problem with any of you going to church today. He doesn't. But what he has a problem with is when you find out why God has you on planet earth. Because when you come alive to why God has you on planet earth, then you're dangerous to his kingdom. But when you're just a passive, Sunday morning, church-going, good person, he's not really bothered by you. As long as he can keep us distracted, as long as he can keep us distracted off of the word of God, as long as he can keep us distracted out of the presence of God, as long as he can keep us distracted from praying, as long as he can keep us distracted and self-centered, he's winning the fight. And he's winning it pretty good right now. Mark chapter 4, verse 19 says this, but all too quickly the message, what is the message? It's the message of Jesus Christ. It's the message of the word of God. It's the message of truth. Okay, can we just, listen, I'm just so thankful that we can still find truth in 2018 in the Word of God. It is hard to find what is true truth. It is hard to find what is true north any longer. Everything is so gray. Everything is so mixed up. But we still have the Word of God that gives us absolute truth. And so the message, it says this, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of 
this life. Worries. I mean, so many of us came in here this morning. We're here, we're present, but in the back of our heads, we're processing all of our worries still. We're processing what's going on in life all the time. It goes on to say the lure of wealth, the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. See, the enemy understands if I can keep you on the treadmill of distraction, constantly needing to go to Twitter, constantly needing Netflix, constantly needing to escape. And really, that's what this is really all about. We have become a society that says, I don't like life. I don't like the pressures of life. I don't like everything that I'm dealing with and I'm facing, so I'm going to escape into stranger things. I'm going to escape into looking at somebody else's life on Facebook. I'm going to escape to this alternate world where I can not think about those things, right? As long as the enemy keeps us on this constant treadmill, he knows that when the message comes, you come to church on Sunday morning and the word of God goes forth and you receive the word of God, it easily, quickly gets crowded out by what? All the distractions of life. The word of God comes and we go, man, that was really good. And then we get in the car and we're like, oh, we got to go to Ikea. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, Ikea is calling us. I mean, what else is calling us? Oh, Charlie's after service. I mean, they got really good rolls and bread, you know what I mean? I mean, all the worries, the cares, the desires of life quickly bombard us. We're distracted. And I really think that in this distracted nature and season, a lot of us are looking through the internet to find somebody to validate us, right? Validation is a huge thing. We want to know, tell me I'm not crazy, right? Tell me I'm a good mom. Tell me that things will get better. Tell me how I can, you know, redo my bathroom. And once my bathroom is redone, then I'll have true peace in my heart, right? Or if my kitchen looks the way I want it to. We're looking for validation in this distracted life. And so in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three different stories, crazy stories. Verse 3, so Jesus told this story. In verse 4, it says this, if a man had a hundred sheep and one of them got lost, what will he do? He's posing a question. And he's not posing a question at that time to unbelievers. He's posing the question to believers at that time. It says this, won't he leave the 99 in the wilderness to go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Question mark. Jesus isn't saying this as a statement. Jesus is saying this as a question. He's asking us a question about how we're going to respond in this life. Me and Michael had this conversation. Michael, my son, 13, he plays on the stage up here, great kid. And so we're talking about one of his friends that doesn't know Jesus. And he's concerned for his friend, rightfully so. We all have people that don't know Jesus. We all know people that don't know his grace and his love and his mercy and his kindness. And so me and Michael were having this conversation, and I said this to Michael. I said, Michael, if you knew that tonight something tragic was going to happen to him, what would you do? He said, Dad, I would do anything. I would literally do anything to warn him. I would do anything to tell him. I would do anything to help him. I think we fail to understand the gravity of what eternity really is in people's lives. Listen, if we're here today and we truly believe in Jesus and we truly believe that there is a heaven and a hell, well, I'm so excited that I'm going to heaven. 
Like, I can't wait to go to heaven. I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait. I remember our pastor, Pastor Pat and Jackie in, in Dayton, Ohio, they had a horrific motorcycle accident, and Jackie was unconscious, I think, for like 19 days. And she actually died during those 19 days. And at one point, she was dead for 45 minutes, and she came back to life. And I remember me and Michael, Michael still remembers this, me and, me and Michael are actually talking to Jackie, and she was telling us about heaven. And she said, I saw colors I had never seen before. And she said, God's presence was like nothing I could ever imagine on earth. I don't know about you, but those are the kind of things that my heart yearns for. Listen, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait for him to come back. So if we believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell, then we have to believe that, yes, some people who choose Jesus are going to heaven. But those are other people that have not chosen Jesus. And what does that mean? It means the eternity separated from God's love. See, I think it's so funny in church growing up, we always focused on like, you know, the fire and, and, and the pain and, and the brutality of hell. And yes, I'm sure those things exist because they existed not for us, but for the devil. That's why God created hell. It wasn't for us, it was for the devil. But the real thing about hell is this. It is the total separation from God forever. That's, that's, that's it. To, to die, to stand before God the Father, to come to the realization that he was real, to come to the realization that he really loved me and his grace abound to me. And when I had an opportunity on this earth to accept him, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't accept him. And now I'm gonna be separated from his love forever. So I said to Michael, if you really believe that, what will you do? But the reality is this, is Jesus is asking, are we too distracted in this life to pay attention to eternity. Pay attention to our own eternity, but to pay attention to others' eternity. There are people that need you. God's chosen you to be the bridge to eternity for them. Amen? Well, we got to find out, are we too distracted? Jesus goes on and he starts talking about another story. In Luke chapter uh, 15, verse 8, says this, Suppose a woman had ten silver coins and she lost one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house, searching carefully until she finds it? Verse 9, And when she finds it, she will call her friends and her neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found this lost coin. Now, anybody... That is a logical thinker, okay? An analytical thinker in the house today. When you look at this story and you hear the story, you go, that doesn't make any sense. That, that, there's just no logic. There's no true understanding to the story. The woman had 10 coins. She lost one. She lights a lamp. She's you know, searching the house. She's doing everything she possibly can to find the coin. The Bible goes on to say that when she finds the coin, she rejoices, and then she calls all of her friends, and she has a party with all of her friends and actually spends more than the one coin that she lost. How does this make a bit of sense, God? Right? All of our analytical thinkers. See, I love that God is causing us to think differently, to have different perspectives. He's talking about this idea that when lost people are found in heaven, there's a great celebration. That when people are lost, I don't know if you've ever lost something before. I remember one time we lost our keys. Anybody lose their keys? Okay. It's just the worst. Okay. All right. I mean, the worst. And I remember we lost our keys and we were trapped in our apartment. I think, was it like three days? 
Okay, I mean, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, it was wintertime. Listen, wintertime in Michigan is no joke, okay? No joke. We had one car, we had one set of keys, and we lost them for three days. And I mean, I was losing my mind. And I'll never forget, like, the third morning I woke up, and I was like, Lord, where are the keys? You know, like, I mean, I mean like, at that point, I'm just like, Holy Spirit, you know all things. Help me out here, you know what I mean? And the Lord said, barn. I was like, barn? I'm like, I don't live on a farm, God. There's no barns around here. He goes, and the Lord just said, barn. And I, was, and I walked by Michael's room, and I saw his toy barn. And I was like, barn! And so I went to the barn, and I lifted up the little shed to the barn, and there was the keys right there. Michael had put the keys in the shed of the barn, okay? Listen, the Lord wants us to see things differently, his way. So then in Luke chapter 15, he starts, in verse 20, he starts talking about this other story, about a son. And really the story is really, in our case, if it's a son or a daughter, we just put ourselves into the story so we can see it from both angles. So the word says that there's a son, and he goes to his father, and he says, I think it's time for me to receive my inheritance. So he takes his inheritance. He packs everything he has. He goes on a long trip. He spends all of his money. He ends up finding himself broke, and there's a famine. And so in the famine, he finds a farmer, and the farmer hires him to feed the pigs. But he lives with the pigs. He's eating the slops of the pig. And then the Bible says this, that he comes to his senses humiliated, he comes to his senses and says, even the servants at my house, even the servants have all that they want and have no lack ever. I'll go back home and I'll ask for forgiveness to my father. And so we pick up the story in verse 20. So it says this, so he returned to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. Verse 21. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you and no longer worthy to be called your son. And this is, we've been talking about this for the last two weeks. This is really the issue. is how we see ourselves with God the Father. Because when we view our life with God through works, we're never worthy, right? I mean, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, we're never truly worthy in God's eyes, right? But when we see ourselves through God's grace and his love in our relationship with the Father, then it totally, totally is different. Verse 22, but the Father said to the servant, quick, Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Verse 23, kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For my son of mine was dead, and now he is returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Okay, so what is God doing? He tells us three stories. Three stories. Jesus is telling three stories about his father. Look at this baby boy. Hi, big boy. Okay. Tells three stories. Story one, he's telling about a shepherd who sacrifices his life to go after one. Story two, he tells a story about a woman that searches the house. Story three, he's telling a story about a wayward son, and when he comes back home after reckless living, the father says, welcome home. So God the Father is showing us a picture of who God the Father is, He's showing us a picture about how much he loves us, the identity he gives us, the grace he gives us, the mercy that he has for mankind, and the lengths that he will go to reach anyone who is lost and away from the Lord. But yet, there's still one more story in all of these stories. And we're going to pick up the story right here in Luke chapter 15. And the story that we're going to see in Luke chapter 15, verse 25, is this, is the story of distracted sons and daughters, okay? Remember, we're talking about being distracted today. We're going to see a picture of what it looks like. Verse 25, now the older son was working out in the field when he returned, uh, when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard music and celebration and dancing. Verse 26, it says this. So he called over one of the servants and asked, he said, what's going on? Okay, when he says that, I want you to look at it from the perspective. He's coming home. He's not happy. He's not excited. 
He's going, what is this celebration? I'm out in the fields. I'm working hard. I'm tired. And I see there's a party going on in my house, and I'm not even invited. I don't even know what's going on. The servant replied, your younger brother has returned home, and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. Now, at that moment, this other son has a choice, right? Either I'm going to celebrate that my brother has come home, or I'm going to walk in bitterness and anger, right? He should have said, hey, my brother, my brother who left, my brother that we thought was dead, my brother has come home. He's come back to the family. He's come back to my father. My father has accepted him because we got to remember in Jewish culture, that wasn't something that happened. They wouldn't accept him back into the family. We talked about it last week. They would go and they would get a pot and they would smash the pot and they would disown the son and they would reject him from the whole entire city. So this son, this Jewish son understands this. So he should have said, you know what? They've accepted my brother back home. Let's go celebrate. But it goes on to say this in verse 28. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So the father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. And the son said, father, listen. He's frustrated. He's angry. You ever been frustrated and angry with God? I know I have. Just to be honest, I've had moments where instead of being really kind to God, I'm yelling at God because I'm frustrated. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand the whole entire plan. He says this, how many years have I been working for you like a slave? For you performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son, as a faithful son. And never once did I disobey you, but you've never thrown me a party because of my faithfulness. Never once have you given me a goat. <laughs> I just love that. I love the Bible, you know what I mean? Never once have you given me a goat, Father, you know? <laughs> I love it. That I could feast and celebrate with my friends like he is doing, okay? He's talking about the other brother. Verse 30. But look at, but look at this, your son. He has come back from wasting your money on prostitutes and reckless living. Now, you know what's really interesting is this, is that he says prostitutes and reckless living. The Bible never says that he spent the money on prostitutes. But isn't it amazing how the enemy will accuse you? Okay? The enemy will go to any lengths to accuse you of things you've never done in your life, but to bring guilt and shame onto your life. And so he says he's wasted it all on that. Verse 31, the father said, my son... You are always with me and by my side, and everything that I have is yours. Remember, this is a picture of God the Father, okay? So four things that we have to learn about this distracted son, okay? And sometimes we are distracted sons and distracted daughters. Number one is this, is this, how you respond to someone else's blessing. You will find out quickly if you are a distracted son or daughter when you see somebody else blessed and you think to yourself, why, why isn't me? Right? Here's the son. He comes back home. He's working hard in the field. He's being faithful. He's being obedient. And he comes home to a brother who hasn't been faithful, hasn't been obedient, yet God blesses him. Right? Don't we see this all the time? We see people that God blesses and we go, they're not faithful. They're not obedient. They're not honoring the Lord. Why is, there, why is there blessing to them? You know, you go on Facebook and, you know, Facebook to me is like, is like the bullets and you're just loading the gun for the enemy. You know what I mean? You're like, here you go. Shoot, shoot, shoot away into my life because we go on Facebook and we see so-and-so got a brand new BMW. You know what I mean? And we're like, Oh, I am so happy that Jackie got a brand new BMW 5 Series. Woo, man. God bless her soul, you know. Go, thank you, Jesus, for your blessing in Jackie's life, you know. Right? No, we want to give the screen the middle finger, you know what I mean? I mean, we're, we're thinking, how, how did she get blessed? See, distracted sons and daughters... 
don't see the big picture all the time. The big picture was what? The son came home. The one that was dead, the one that was lost, he came home. It was time to celebrate. It wasn't time to get angry. It wasn't time to get frustrated. It was time to celebrate. See, envy, envy, when we envy other people's lives, when we envy what other people have, always leads to anger and pride. Always. Okay? When we envy what other people have, we go, I get angry, and then I get prideful because I start thinking that I know what God should do. Right? You know what I mean? How many times have we done that? Where we're like, we're looking at somebody else's life, and I'm like, I cannot believe that God did that. You're like, really? Are you God? Good for you. I'm glad that you're God today, you know? I'm glad that you know better than, than God who created the heavens and the earth and is keeping the earth spinning perfectly every single day, but good for you. Distract his sons and daughters. Respond the wrong way to blessing. Number two is this. Distract his sons and daughters have a rejection issue. They have rejection issues in their soul. They reject God's grace when it comes to them. They reject God's understanding and wisdom when it comes to them, okay? Because why? They are so focused on themselves all the time, right? Know anybody like this? People are just, their world spins around planet Jeff Workmeister, you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's Jeff Workmeister's wor world, and we're just all living on it, right? Okay? They're focused on themselves, okay? So the son, in this moment, instead of honoring his father and honoring his brother, chooses to do what? I'm not going in there. Are you serious? I've been obedient, I've been faithful. You've never given me a goat for me and my friends to have a party and have a big goat party, Dad, you know? No way am I going in there. Totally focused on himself. And listen, this happens all the time in church, okay? I'm going to step on some toes today. In church, we go like this. We say this. We go, I don't like who they picked. I don't think I'm going to go to church for a few weeks. Make sure they understand how I feel about who they picked for that position. I, I'm not going to serve anymore because, you know, I, I really liked my old leader, and, and they switched the old leader, and, and now I'm offended, and I'm not going to do what they want me to do anymore. I'm going to prove a point to them. I don't like who they picked to be on staff. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. Remember, I'm working at Living Word, and... I take over the children's ministry. There's a total of 52 volunteers in the children's ministry. Within 48 hours of me and Jess becoming the children's ministry overseers, I had 45 people quit on me. 45. I promise you, Pastor Pat came to me and he goes, what is going on? I'm like, ah, oh, it's all good. We don't need them. And he goes, what do you mean we don't need them? We have church on Sunday. I'm like, ah, oh, I'll take care of them all. Don't worry about it, you know. We go, I don't like that. Or we go, God, I don't like this new way that they're doing this, right? So distracted sons and daughters are always what? Focused on themselves, not focus on what God is doing and wanting to do. Number three, it's this, distract the sons and daughters. Always look for validation. They're always looking for somebody to validate them in life, okay? And so the Bible said this. This was a story. He says, this is what the son says. But you've never thrown me a party because of my faithfulness. What is he saying? He's saying, Dad, validate me, right? He's saying, Dad, I need validation, I've been faithful. I've been obedient. Why don't you give me a party, Dad? Validate who I am. He goes on and says this. Never once have you given me a goat that I could feast and celebrate with my friends like he is doing. Listen, when we're distracted sons and daughters, we're not getting our validation from God the Father. See, that's where all of our validation in life should come from. And see, this has actually been a huge struggle in my life because I've learned, because I don't have a dad, 
because my dad isn't gone. I've learned that God is my father and he is my dad. And so I, when I come to the presence of God, I go, hey, dad. Because he's my dad. And the moment that I feel his grace and I feel his presence and I feel him giving me affirmation, I'm totally good. And then what happens? I confidently execute what God has asked me to do. And what happens? Sometimes people don't like me. And they go, oh, you're prideful. You're egotistical. Or you're only, you're only doing this because of this. And I go, no, no. I just get my confidence from God, not from you. None of my affirmation as a pastor comes from you. Because the reality is this. The only people that I know 110% will be here when we celebrate year 25 someday is going to be my wife, Jessica, my son, Michael, my son, Ben, and my son, Luke. That is the only guarantee that I know when we celebrate year 25. It's the only guarantee I know. So if my whole affirmation system comes from you that could come or could not come or choose to like us or choose not to like us or choose to be faithful or choose not to be faithful, then I'm going to go to the grave really early, right? But this is what happens in our life. Instead of getting validation from God the Father, we start looking for validation in our job. We start looking for validation in our new homes. We start looking for validation in a, in a, in a vacation that we take. We start looking for validation in Instagram and Facebook. We're looking for somebody, validate me. Make me feel okay. And God the Father is going, I'm the one. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I sent my son Jesus to sacrifice his life so that you could find validation in me. So you could find all of you, your true identity. Remember, we talked about this the last two weeks. Only a father can give identity. Only a father. So as God the Father, he is the one that can go, you know what? I'm proud of you. I love you. Listen, so I, I, I think of myself as an encouraging pastor. Like, I love, I love my man Simon here, okay? Si Simon is just amazing. I, he doesn't say much, but when he does say something, it's powerful. He's, he's kind. He's generous with his time. He loves, he loves people. He's got a wonderful family. Love, love, love Simon. But if Simon thinks that he's going to get everything he needs in life from me, that's scary, Simon. Because guess what? I'm going to fail Simon. I'm going to fail you. But God the Father never fails. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He'll be everything you need on a daily basis. He can be your strength, your validation. Worship team, you come on up. Last point, point number four is this. Distracted sons and daughters don't see the big picture. Luke chapter 15, verse 32. This is what the father says to the son. He says this. We had to celebrate this happy day. We had to. For your brother was dead and he has come back to life. He was lost and now he is found. This is the response to the distracted son. And remember, this is a picture of who God the Father is, okay? And so I think a lot of times in church, God goes, yeah, you can complain, but this is my response. This is my response. I love lost. Love lost. Didn't Jesus say, you know what? Who did I come for? Those who are lost. Those who are wayward. See, there's actually three stories happening in all of this, okay? Okay, it's the Trinity, okay? We believe here at Elevate Church in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And every single one of them has a different role, okay? So 
The Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit desires to bring people back to Him through the Son, the Spirit, and the Father. Okay? Now, sometimes those people are us, right? Amen? Sometimes we're lost. Sometimes we're confused. Sometimes we are wayward. And so He uses the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to bring us back to Him. He uses the Son as a shepherd. We see it in the first story. The Son, Jesus, is the shepherd who sacrifices his life. He lays down his life and goes after those who are lost. Amen? Okay. The second thing is the Spirit. The Spirit is the woman who lights the lamp and is searching the whole entire house. Right? So what is the Holy Spirit doing today? The Holy Spirit is searching your hearts. He's searching you watching over the earth, searching the earth, looking for those who are lost. And then the Father is the third story. The Father is the one that goes, you know what? Son, daughter, welcome home. Okay? Now let me help you understand this. What happens on Sunday mornings when we're in worship and you feel the presence of God pressing into your soul? That is God the Father going, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. I'm glad you're back, daughter. I'm glad you're back, son. Welcome home. You're always welcome in my house. That's why you feel God's love. Listen, you've never, I promise you this, you will never be in the presence of God and you'll feel guilt and shame. Never, never. It doesn't exist. The presence of God brings grace and peace and love and joy. And he goes, welcome home. This is what he says in the book of Acts. Not the book of Acts, the book of Romans. It says his spirit connects with our spirit to affirm that we are sons and daughters. And all this time, in these three stories, what is God the Father saying? He's saying this, I love lost, broken people. Right? Now, you know what's so interesting is this about church. And I understand this. Listen, when, when I showed that picture of Kavanaugh, I'm so excited because I understand what it means to the justice system of our nation. Now, the reality is this. When I bring up that picture, there's a bunch of us that think about people that we know that are so-and-so called Democrats. And we think, those are awful, horrible people. Right? That's the first thought that we have. Correct? But you know what God goes? I love them the same way I love you. My, I, I just, I love, I love lost, broken people. And I, I want to reach them all. So, you know what's so interesting is this. We've been talking about this new facility, okay? And let me tell you this. We are about 95% the way there. I think in the next two weeks, we're gonna have a contract signed. And I think that by February, we're gonna have our first service in our new facility, in our new building. It's gonna be awesome, okay? It's gonna be great, okay? Now, why would God give us a new building? Right? Because we just look at it selfishly. We just go, oh man, we need more room, right? And praise God, we do need more room. You know what I mean? Like we need aisleways. You know what I mean? We need more bathrooms in Jesus' name. We need kids' facilities that are, you know, great kids' facilities. We need, we need space. And God understands that, okay? But we look at it through our perspective. And God the Father is going, no, 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 no. I need you to see it a completely, completely, completely different way. He goes, I love lost people. I love lost people. He goes, I love people that know nothing about me, Jesus. I love people who grew up in church that are now away from church. I love people who are religious thinking and they think they know God and then they come to Elevate Church and they go, oh my gosh, I really didn't know God. But now I'm starting to know who God the Father is, starting to know what the Word really is. I'm starting to know the Holy Spirit. I'm starting to understand there is so much more for me. I was talking to a woman in our church and she was talking to me the other day and she was just streaming tears and she said, they came to our church about two years ago and she said, my husband is completely different. 
We've gone to church our whole married life. But I can tell you this, my husband, he loves me in a deeper way. He loves our children in a new way. He is a better father. He's a better husband. He's a better man. See, they thought they knew Jesus. They come and they find out who he really is. God loves people who hate us. There's a bunch of people in the United States that hates us today. They hate that we're worshiping Jesus. They hate what we're doing. But guess what? God loves them. He's crazy about them. He wants to reach them. God loves people who are lost. And God the Father goes, you know what? You know why I'm going to give you a bigger building? Because I want to reach more lost people. I want to go reach them with my love and my grace. And I want them to see who I truly am. Because I'm going to raise up this thing called Elevate Church. And you're going to be a body that is a community that loves each other and really cares about each other. And we're going to do dinner parties really, really well. And guess what? And then we're going to be able to take the love and the grace of God. And we're going to be able to package it in a way they've never experienced before. I love when people walk in here and they go, you wear skinny jeans. You wear ripped jeans. You know, I'm like, yeah. I want people to feel comfortable. I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to walk in here and go, you know what? I don't feel judged. I don't feel condemned. I don't feel like, you know, you're looking at all the junk in my life. When I look at people, I don't look at who you are today. I look at who you're going to be five years from now. When I look at you, I go, what is the Holy Spirit saying about you? What is the Holy Spirit doing in your family? What does the Holy Spirit want to lead you into victory in this area? I don't see you for who you are now. I see you for who you're going to be. And that's what God the Father does. God the Father goes, I know who you are today, but I know what you're becoming. You're going to be a mighty man. You're going to be a mighty woman of God. Amen? God loves lost people. So what does that mean for us? We can't be distracted. We can't be distracted sons and daughters. We got to be sons and daughters that go, you know what? God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use my life? I remember when I was young. I mean, young in my faith. Very, very young in my faith. And I remember I had this this cup of water and I was praying because we have this sanctuary and you could pray 24 hours a day and I'm up there and I'm praying and I'm just seeking the Lord and I remember I took the water and I said Lord I said Lord you can just pour out my life like this just pour it out and I remember I just poured out the cup of water I said whatever you want to do I don't care I don't care where you take me I don't care what you ask me to do I don't care what it is you are worthy of my life you are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of my sacrifice. You are my father, and I will do anything you ask. And that's what God the Father is going. I need sons and daughters that will go, God, use my life. Use my life. Let's go reach lost people. Let's go reach people. Let's go find people. Let's go find people. Let's go find people. Let's go find people. Amen? She's saying up this morning. grab a hand next to you. We're going to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody said recently, they said, they said, I really like your church, but you ask us to hold people's hands that we've never met before, it's kind of awkward. I'm like, ah, it's okay. It's what family does. Right? Come on, we're going to believe together right now that this last 5% is going to come into alignment. Amen. And we're going to obtain what God has declared for our church so that we can go reach the lost. It's not so that we can have a bigger building. Okay? I'm not into bigger buildings. I'm not into our empire. I'm into the kingdom of God and reaching people with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, let's agree in faith. Father, we thank you. We stand in faith today. We trust you today. We 
thank you that the word tells us where two or three are gathered in your name that you are in their midst. We thank you that the word tells us in the book of Mark where two or three gather and agree on anything and it shall be done for them. So we thank you in the name of Jesus as sons and daughters that we stand in faith, we stand in agreement, we stand today trusting you for the completion of this deal. We thank you, God, for this last 5% to come into play. We thank you for this last part to come into agreement. We thank you in Jesus' name for favor upon Elevate Church. We, God, we ask in Jesus' name for favor and blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the opportunity to take your good news, take the gospel of Jesus Christ, to take you, Jesus, God the Father, and take it to lost, hurting, broken people. The Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak deep to our hearts and our souls. Show us how we fit into your great masterpiece, Lord. Show us how we can pour out our life for your kingdom. Give us wisdom, give us vision, give us understanding, give us dreams, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Father, we repent to you today, right now, for being distracted sons and daughters. Lord, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would invade our thoughts and our hearts, that we would start seeing life, seeing our friends, seeing our families, seeing our world through your eyes, Father. Not through our own selfishness, not through our own desires, not through our own pride and egos, Lord, but through your grace. Father, we thank you, Lord, for vision. God, we thank you, God, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that the book of Acts says you poured out your spirit upon your people and they went and did great and mighty acts on your behalf. So we thank you that you will pour out your spirit upon us. We thank you, God, that we will see the lost saved. We thank you, God, that we will see the sick healed. We thank you, Lord, that we will see heaven come to earth. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for this new season that we're walking into. We will walk into it with great and mighty strength that comes from you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We glorify you. And everybody agrees. Said, amen. Give it up for Jesus today. Isn't he so good?